HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to your customers. Shift your business and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash snacky. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. We are so excited to be sitting down with Andy Caden, who is the owner, founder, breadmaster over at Bubba Grandma's Bread in Los Angeles. He talks to us how they pivoted operations during the pandemic, how they've been serving up bread to those in need, and he shares some insights on the recent bread-making guide that he released. It's a really fun, a really tasty interview, and if you like bread the way we do, then you're definitely going to enjoy it. Then we welcome back to the show our main man, Jeet, who's normally behind the board, but this time he's in front of the mic, and he sits down to interview drummer Greg Telefan of such bands as Red Hymns. Talks to him about some of the songs he's performing, how he is adjusting to life during quarantine, and the creative process uh, that we're all trying to find a, a new approach to as the world shifts in front of us. So please sit back and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, Snacky Tunes. Choking on my breath, see it's the time. 
Andy, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you for taking the time out of the bakery and uh, sitting down with us remotely and safely. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, you know, bread has always been a staple in every culture, but at least its popularity now, at least in the circles that I, I travel in, I would say it's the most popular it's ever been. Um <laughs> If, if bread's popularity can be measured over time and space and distance, um, and all, considering all things are relative. But why do you think people have gravitated to bread during these times, both the consuming of it and the making of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, culture oscillates back and forth to trying to find the optimal foods to consume at all times so that people don't die of cancer at a young age. And uh, I think that... Um, they're right to do that, but people tend to get really crazy about things. And I, you know, sort of align with Michael Pollan here and the sort of anti nutrition oriented or nutrient oriented, uh, eating. And that sort of in the eighties, uh, and post kind of consumerization of everything, um, everybody was focused very much on like the numbers and, um, don't eat butter and don't eat fat and everything's bad for you and blah, 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 blah. And bread is, you know, that was the, the next thing, the next villain in the food world to come right. up and, and, and be taken out. Um, when in reality, if you're eating high quality versions of whole foods, you're, you're going to be just about as healthy as you can be. Don't eat too much meat, eat a lot of vegetables, get, you know, try your best to know where they're coming from. And the same thing goes for bread. And I think people are, now on that um, downward slope back to reality from where they were, where, um, you know, bread is this and gluten in particular and carbohydrates in particular are these great evils when in reality they're, they're not, they're evil if they're made by gigantic corporations trying to, sure. you know, make as much money off of you as possible. Um, but they're not if they're coming from small bakeries who want nothing more than to make the simplest, most health-giving um, uh, products they can. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember my very first internship when the Atkins diet was the rage. <laughs> yeah. And I would go get lunch for these people 
and they would be getting fries and cheeseburgers, but no bun. Right. Because yeah. it was healthy. And I, I remember going, I don't know much about nutrition, but I don't know if this is this uh, ain't as healthy. <laughs> yeah, this ain't it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think everyone is always, and I think this is relevant just as a bread baker in general, everyone is always looking for the easy way. The sure. easy way out, the easy way to cut the corner and not get fat and be healthy and, you know, live forever and all that stuff. And it's just not reality. You must suffer. It's just the way it goes. If you want to be healthy and you want to look like those people on Instagram, then you got to work out every day. There's no way around it. Yeah. Just uh, cutting out a, a bun or the bread of a sandwich isn't <laughs> going to get you cut. I'll tell you that much. People are um, very good at lying to themselves. Yeah. So, you know, um, your bread is, I would say, arguably one of the most well-known breads coming out of L.A. these days, and you are uh, primarily a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. Um, With us being in the citywide shutdown of restaurants, you have also been one of the most vocal people about what's going on behind the scenes, a little bit of a peek into a window of your business, but also other businesses that have been affected. Why has it been so important to you to have this open and constant communication? And what has the feedback from the community been due to that communication? Uh, You know, I feel like nothing's really changed in the way that we communicate from before COVID um, Mm. until now. Uh, There's just a lot more to talk about right now. I mean, I I have very strong opinions about the food systems that are in place and you know, how, how much people who work in food are paid and how they all, none of them have healthcare and all of that stuff. And that those, those problems all existed before these times. And, and if I had to cynically guess, they'll continue after these times too, at least the conversation will be started and hopefully be productive over the next, however many tens of years to try and make this balance out. But I hope so. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I hope so too. It's 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 ludicrous. People don't want to pay a lot for a high quality product, uh, but they're com- they're comfortable knowing that if they're buying a six dollar loaf of bread from the supermarket, that the people who make that bread are making nine dollars an hour and go straight from their twelve hour shift at one job to another twelve hour shift at the other job just so that they can feed their families. And yeah. I, I'm just so disgusted by that. And you know, even even in our current position. I am not able to give these folks what they deserve for how hard they work. Um, so it, it, it's, it's really, it's really tricky. If I were to charge $12 for my basic country, you know, my house loaf that we make instead of $8, you know, we probably wouldn't be in business. Um, but at $8, we can do the best we can until we yeah. pay off our investors and are able to take care of our staff in a more uh, significant way. I don't know if that answers your question. Then. Yeah, no, I mean, you you have always been vocal and you are actually uh, sort of dovetailing into um, the next the next question I have for you, which is, you know, you are a wholesaler mm-hmm. um, and your business has been affected because you've wholesaling to mostly to restaurants. Um, can you give us an idea of where your business is right mm-hmm. now without maybe the numbers, just percentage sure. wise? Um, because if you look at Instagram, you see some of the numbers where you're like, a thousand loaves a day. And you, mm-hmm. if you're not aware of what you normally do, I hear a thousand loaves. I go, that's a lot of bread. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of bread. And, and the thousand loaves was, a, was a, a remnant of, 
uh, how quickly we were changing directions and, mm. and, 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 uh, sort of remaking our business in the first month of this whole thing. Um, where right at the beginning, right at, right at the uh, beginning of March, when things got really serious and it was like, you know, Tom Hanks day was the, and, and, yeah. uh, and my personal and most important thing in my life, other than bread and my, and my fiance and dog is NBA basketball. Um, it, it, and that went away too. And I was like, Oh, Oh shit. This is uh, this is very serious now. There's no basketball. Um, and uh, when, you know, that was when th- things clicked, I think for the country, when it was those two things on the same day. Um, yeah. And that was when we started really digging in to what are we going to do um, very quickly within about a two week period. Um, our 140 accounts became like 45 accounts. Um, wow. So then you're you're wondering where is this going to end? How many of these businesses are going to close? Are they going to shut us all down? And when you don't have answers, you kind of just have to make your own um, decisions to in order to preserve your business and make sure that everybody's taken care of. So um, you know we were down about 70 percent sales pretty quickly, which when you operate the way we do, which is on 30 day terms as a wholesaler, you sell bread to a restaurant and they then have 30, 30 days from that day to pay you. Um, so there's a lot of risk in basically loaning these restaurants, 140 restaurants, all this stuff, and then they close and they have no income. And then we're owed, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and there's probably no hope that we're going to get that money. Um, right. and, that, and that's okay. I, I, you know, it's just the way that it goes and we're going to be fine. But at the same time, it's, it's a very scary prospect when you're at the beginning of that, you know, staring up at this huge number that is just not going to be part of your income for the year. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of answering a couple of different questions with this, but, um, you know, sales are down dramatically and yep. we, we had to make some very quick and painful decisions. And, and, you know, I have this incredible group of managers here who um, are um, 100% committed to taking care of everyone that we have on staff here to the best of our abilities. And, you know, we had very difficult conversations about what to do. And, and the first things that we did included dropping everyone down to below 20 hours a week so they could immediately apply for unemployment. So that was the first kind of executive action that we took. Um, and, and then also we uh, dropped down to three days a week delivery, which is a monumental change for a bakery that's systems are all built around seven days. And yep. um, uh, it, it required build rebuilding by hand, all of our order management system, delivery routes, packing sheets, uh, baker sheets, all the stuff that we need to make the bakery run were had to be built built by hand by our management team, myself included, over the course of about a two or three day period. So that was kind of blackout. Um, and then, you know, from there with the sales being so down and no real um, understanding of what, what's going to happen in the coming months, we, we set up a GoFundMe and, and ate a little shit, which is fine. And, and I kind of couched what we were um, doing by saying that I'm very uncomfortable about asking for help. Uh, mm-hmm. but when there was no government directive about what was going to happen down the road, I needed to make sure that these at risk people who work here 
some of which live in, you know, houses with their elderly parents or people with respiratory diseases. And, and they couldn't, in, I couldn't have them in the bakery because it's just not right. You need to be able to take care of those people. Um, that's, so we set up the GoFundMe and quickly raised about $24,000, which is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, that's amazing. And I don't know. I think um, it's tough looking at a business and accusing them of taking any wrong steps during this time mm-hmm. uh, if the intention is the right one. Sure. Um, I know that there has been – I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll just couch that in independent restaurants. I can't talk for maybe like the larger chains. Right. But I, I think the tough thing is, is that we are two months in and there still really aren't any answers. You know, there still really isn't – you can read all the articles you want, uh, which I do as some sort of like, you know, masochistic punishment every day. <laughs> right. but, but it's like, is it going to be 50% of capacity? Uh, you know, can people go to restaurants and have to wear a mask? You know, are you cleaning yeah. down every surface? Um and when you're a business operator, especially one as yourself that that is a seven day a week uh, operator, it's almost impossible to say, well, we're, we need to go fund me to bridge the gap until we can get up and running because what we're going to need to do to change the business, uh, we need two weeks to cover us before we go back to work in the best way that we can. Totally. Um, yeah. It's it, impossible to know. <clears throat> it's impossible to know. But since you've gone through it, and there are now people who have let the death settled and realized that like it's not going to go back for months mm-hmm. uh, to what it was. There is going to be no magic bullet. What advice, maybe personal advice or or sure. or um, stealing their metal, can you give to them uh, when people might come for them or might accuse them of doing something that they don't agree with? Well, while you were talking, the Gabriel Ham- Hamilton piece came to mind. I don't know if you read sure. that one. Oh my God, of course. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was a very important uh, piece, but at the same time, I feel like part of the part of it that, that, um, that stuck with me the most was right at the beginning. It seemed like the meat of the article was at the end where she really talked about how, um, you know, we've all been struggling for this, you know, the last however many years she's been open and, and watching the business turn in a negative direction uh, in relationship to the people who, who eat there. Uh, the part that that I feel like was most important was that she decided not to to take care of her staff and quickly laid them all off. And I feel like the thing that has been the the, the sort of root uh, beneath whatever decisions we're making here ha- have been the opposite. Have just been like we have to do whatever we can to make sure that these at-risk people who, who have chosen to dedicate a significant portion of their life to us, to this idea that I had five years ago, why would they choose to be with me? That, that you know, if, if they're going to make the choice to be with us, it's got to be our choice to take care of them during this time. And I don't care if it's coming from my pocket or anybody's pocket, or if we're raising money from the, from the people who care about us the most, what matters most is taking care of everyone who needs help. And that was the GoFundMe was not a difficult decision because, you know, whatever happens with the business, it doesn't change things for for the people who work for us. They need the help and we're going to do we're in a position to to drum up that help. Where are they going to get it elsewhere? So that would be my recommendation to anybody who's sort of like sitting there now and trying to figure out what to do. If you have the ability to help help 
it's as simple as that. Don't sit back and just be comfortable with your restaurant closed and, and your staff sitting there wondering where they were, you know, where they're going to get their, their food from to eat, you know, make sure everybody's safe and, and your actions kind of fall out of that. Everything that we've done has been to make sure that our people are good. And then through that, our business is good. Awesome. Well, look, we're going to take a quick musical break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the bread that you've been serving up, uh, the mystery bags, which I think are probably one of the hottest (laughs) items uh, that you, if you're lucky enough to get, you've been eating. And then also this incredible bread guide that is both fun and also extremely serious uh, if you want to get into making bread at home. We have a song from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hello and welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are still chatting with Andy of Bub and Grandma's Bread about his current situation and how they quickly changed their entire operations uh, to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Um, so you were talking about uh, many of your accounts being closed, mm-hmm. um, but you also established some new drop-off pickup points with other restaurants that you've um, been very vocal about, about saying, if people want our bread, here's where you can go. Um, now, obviously, those are tough decisions because everyone wants your bread right now, but you can't supply everyone with your bread. Mm-hmm. How did you make the decision of who to partner with? And can you talk a little bit about those partnerships? Honestly, when when all of this started really hitting and getting real, it wasn't a choice. Bell's are, you know, um, Nick and JD are, are friends of mine, um, you know, in this weird food world where everything is chaos all the time, having people who are sort of in the shit with you and, and sort of discuss the, the, you know, the ins and outs of, of food business life, uh, are they, they're essential. They're essential to your sanity. They're essential to your progress. They're essential to everything. So Nick and JD have been friends of mine since the beginning and they pretty quickly made this offer out of the blue, just out of the kindness and, uh, of their own hearts. Um, and that was extremely meaningful to me. And I'm sure, you know, my, my emo posts on Instagram have made that apparent. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that was first and we were doing that a couple days a week. And then, um, Proof also reached out uh, in Atwater, but the, mm-hmm. the, for the same reason, and it, it felt only natural. You know, those two places are sort of have been around for uh, around the same time that we have, and and uh, sort of have similar business philosophies, and are just good humans who get, who give a shit about people, and and the, the fact that they offered really really helped out, and um, yeah, so that that was, those were great and really really worked out really nicely. We're also selling. Uh, via this uh, uh, platform drive through in Culver City where the platform development is doing these online pre-orders. They send us the, the order, we bake it and send it out. And then they have a contactless pickup situation where, where folks who order can just come and, and collect wow. their bags without touching anything, um, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, safety has got to be tantamount during yeah. this whole operation. and No doubt. Um you know, all the things that people are producing or making or serving is secondary to keeping people safe. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've had to change the amount of bread that you put up because normally you put up like two dozen plus different types of bread um, when you're in full swing. H- how many loaves are you making now and how have you shifted and how did you pick the loaves that you you could make? Um, yeah, so so when we were making that decision – to switch to three days um, when things were really intense and, you know, all of our dreams were in peril. Um, We basically uh, just pared it down to what we thought um, uh, could cover all of our accounts while simplifying the process for us. Um, Normally we're making more than 25 different loaves of bread, including, um, you know, things like milk bread and ciabatta and, and, and our baguette even that require some, a lot of, a lot of work to make and a lot of time to make. And when you're down about half your staff, because some of them either don't feel comfortable working or are living a too unsafe uh, housing situation, you kind of just have to make these hard decisions. So we, we shrunk it down to just house sesame and seeded so that we had three different sourdough loaves to cover um, you know, a variety of different purposes. And then, and then focaccia, which is so, which is super versatile bread. It's easy for us to make. It's in another oven, not our main, uh, bread oven. Um, 
And yeah, so we made those choices pretty quickly. And then we're slowly starting to add things back up. Of course, one of our ovens died in the middle of all of this. So of course. Um, that's why we haven't brought baguette back. But hopefully, hopefully after next week when the new oven comes, we'll, we'll be able to get baguette back in the mix. Uh, I mean, oh yeah, and, and to answer your question about volume, yeah, to answer yeah. your question about volume, we're we're when we were at three days, um, it only took two weeks for those three days to to hit a thousand loaves each, and that was making our bakes like ten hours long. So we, that very quickly, the the decision that sort of saved us and continue, continued us going kind of immediately put us in a in a really complicated position and we had to very quickly go back to seven days which required rebuilding all the same crap that we just spent um <laughs> overnights you know setting up but uh um now we're now we're baking back to our sort of normal levels of sourdough loaves which is in the 500 to 600 zone and then another you know 30 to 40 sheets of focaccia wow i mean that's that's amazing um and now I mentioned it before the break, but one of the, the the most fun and coveted things to come out of this are the the mystery bags, aka bug bags. Yeah. Which um the word fervor maybe doesn't do it justice because if you've gone through the Instagram messaging about like, hey, like do your best, like, you know, it'll be oh on God. sale at 1 p.m. to now it's like most of you won't get it. Please do not be upset. This is a contest. Um, but, but tell me I'm about the that bag. I'm glad that it's registered that that the, the tone of my messages oh, are I, in, in response to a lot I of people. I got the tone. Yeah. The tone is like, hey, we're doing this for fun. You guys have got to chill. Like, yeah, there's plenty of other places to get the bread if you're just looking for bread. This is this is yeah. a contest. And it, you know, uh, um, so what's the story yeah, behind yeah, it and, and, and what is it? No, no. What's the story behind it and what is for it? The, yeah, the um, for those of you who don't know Coco's Variety, Coco's is a is the bike shop that's directly next to our wholesale bakery in Frogtown, um, and Coco's is is a special, special, special community center place. It is run by this guy Peter, who um, is one of the kindest people you could possibly meet. We think about business in the exact same way. Uh, um, very focused on. Um, the people who choose to work with us and the people that we serve and making sure that uh, everybody's happy and healthy and that we're doing everything as intelligently and thought through as possible. Um, and this was completely Peter's idea. We, we do have developed it over, over the time since we started it, but um, basically we're um, programming initially it was supposed to just be a way to help us out um, when things were a little more gnarly where, we have tons of uh, extra bread every day just by building in extras for our regular orders. And sure. Peter, Peter, you know, was like, why don't we just put whatever you've got left over in bags and sell it on our online platform and people can come pick it up in a contactless situation. Uh, and I was like, yeah, great. That's super easy for us and super easy for you. And um, you know, it, it, it really just kind of was such a tremendous gesture and there have been, so many more tremendous gestures from Peter and his, his staff over there in, in, during the last two months that have just, you know, really helped us out. Um, but, but yeah, it, it kind of, you know, for a second there went off the rails, but it's now back on the track. It's just, okay. uh, it is uh, <laughs> flying at great speeds. <laughs> yeah. It's uh 
it's amazing if you say, hey, you can absolutely get this loaf. This is the loaf you are buying. But then mm-hmm. you put that in a bag and you say, what loaf could you be getting? People right. sort of start flipping out about the bread in the bag. I, and also T-shirts. You know, there's like oh, little we put little gifts inside too that, yeah. that like, uh, you know, in- increase the uh, the sort of salivation. But oh. Um, so in addition to, uh, you know, selling bread and, and, and making bread, uh, for the bread wanting community, you've also been, uh, baking bread for those in need. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the charity work and how you've been supporting the community for people who, who need food during this time? Yeah. Around the time, like once we got to three days and we're, we're solid and staffed and knew that we could continue at that point, which we knew, um, as soon as we real, as soon as we knew that we were stable and that the business was okay and that the business's people were okay, um, this is there's no there was no other choice as to what to do at that point. We had to build in some extra bread every day and partner with as many different places in need. Um, there are so many people who, even before something like this, uh, struggle to find food every day. So it was a no brainer to just get going. So we've been we've donated to to just about every hospital in town um lots of different organizations um all over the place we just did hollywood food coalition today which is part of the salvation army we did downtown women's center let me pull up my little calendar here which is all this stuff lots of different places st james center ronald mcdonald house um piece by piece food finders um, heirloom who's a, a great partner of ours are doing a weekly donation to vip care, cares which is awesome um, la family housing it's just just trying to find as many places as possible every day of the week um that we can be donating 50 loaves of bread to 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 feed people and it's it's been working pretty well so far and hoping we're hoping that we can kind of make this a regular part of our i mean we were already donating on a on a pretty daily basis but not built in um so I think we can afford this and, and it's something that we hope to continue doing even more so when we have retail as well. Yeah, I think whatever the next chapter of restaurants and wholesalers and bakeries look like, for those that can, because I don't know if everyone can, but for those that can afford charity, either monetarily or product wise, mm-hmm. I think you'll see that as part of the business model. I, I, I think so too. I, I, I hope so. And I hope that it also convinces other people or at least clues them into to the, um, you know, a, how, how easy it is to do. I mean, it costs money, but you know, sure. I, 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 I think that it's, it's, it's something that's necessary in this town where there's so many people living on the street just to start, let alone, you know, a thousand other different valid and important organizations helping other groups of people. But um, you know, we're in a position now we've got our, we got our PPP loan, we're stable. All of our people are taken care of. I, I just don't understand how, how every business isn't thinking about doing this all the time, but you know, it, as being a wholesaler and relating to 140 different restaurants, you get uh, exposed to an incredible diversity of, uh, <laughs> you know, types of people running food businesses sure. and their motivations are just as diverse. Yeah, I think uh, intent is probably the biggest driver of business yep. and food businesses that if you're not, I mean, it's personality driven, you know, independent mm-hmm. restaurants are, are art projects in some ways. Yep. And it's who's the artist, who's the person behind it, or people behind it, or business behind it. Uh, and that's going to affect what you put up and put out. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. 
Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that that motivations is it's really interesting as a wholesaler, not a retailer, to see it, we get really clear ideas of not only the quality of product that they produce, which is what we could get as a consumer, but also how they run their business. And it becomes very apparent what those motivations are. Are they trying to become uh, individually famous and get on TV? Are they trying to make a ton of money and, and you know pull that out of their business and that's what's most important to them? Or are they trying to do all of those things while uh, preserving the ability to feel good about oneself or what you do in the world, um, which we're thankful that we work with a, a good number of people who, who think that way, um, which I, I believe to be the correct way. It's like if you're introducing a project into the world, uh, you need to think about how that project impacts the world and, and, and act accordingly. Yeah. Now, um, there is this old saying that if you give a man a loaf of bread, mm -hmm. he can eat for a day. But if you teach a man how to bake a bread, he'll be in his kitchen for eight days a week until um, the ends of time. We hope so. And, and I bring that saying up because it is such a clean you know, transition into the bread guide mm -hmm. that you put up um, this past week. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, after reading it, and I will admit, I, like everyone else, have gotten into making sourdough. <laughs> and um, I feel okay about the loaves I'm putting up. But after reading this, I go, maybe uh, maybe I'm not taking this seriously enough. Because <laughs> while it's a fun guide, it is very much like, this is this is real work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd love for you, because there was a really funny post that you had about, like, I'm not giving, stop asking for my starter. Just yeah. go make your own. And as someone who made their own starter, I actually mm. am much more proud of the bread that I'm putting up because totally. getting the starter going is – once you have the starter going, it's, it's, it becomes a little bit – you're like, okay, I sort of get this. Mm -hmm. um, but, but why make the guide? Why share the gospel? And uh, what advice would you give to people who are starting to make bread now? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, you know, the starter thing. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's so many, there's so many myths in the bread realm. One of which is that older, older starters passed down through generations embody some kind of special magic that makes them better than others or whatever. And it, that's just simply not true. And I, I like mythology as much as the next person, but I much more enjoy dispelling false mythology. Like, you know, it, it's, it, that's a stupid thing. That's like a, you know, antiquated idea. Um, so that's why I didn't, I don't want to give our starter out because I don't want to, to continue the mythology. Uh, uh, if you, if you want to build your own, it's super easy to do. It does, it takes extraordinarily small amounts of hands-on time and then yep. it's yours and you, you are proud of something that you made. So the, the, the bread guide kind of extends out of that. I got so many home baking questions during the, the last two months, um, which is awesome. And that's, you know, I got that bug no pun intended, uh, myself when all of this started, uh, five years ago. Um, but I think, uh, I, I just, I have been wanting to do this for a long time. I have a lot to say about the process. You can figure that out in the first two pages. Um, and I think, uh, have, having a good reference guide that really, um, tries to dig deep and, uh, answer the difficult questions and, um, provide as much information as pop possible so people actually understand what's happening when they're doing what they're doing um, would be invaluable during these two months. So um, I, I had written this recipe that I was sending out to people um, and it is like, you know, uh, many, many, many characters long. 
Um, and the graphic designers that we're working with for our shop, which is going to mm-hmm. hopefully still open in the fall winter, um, uh, got the, got the bread baking bug too. And I sent them the recipe and they were like, well, why don't we just do something with this? We're relatively not busy. Let's dig in and turn this into something special that people will, will really value and not instead of just sending out a recipe that most people will look at and, 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 you know, start getting dizzy. Um, and, and that's kind of just what we did. I, I've been waiting for an opportunity. Um, one of our bakers, Eliza Cuevas, is an extremely talented illustrator. Um, and we had just kind of gotten a glimpse of her work, like through through some journal pages I had seen and just her write, handwriting on our bags. Honestly, the, the mystery bags for Coco's, she's done a bunch of them. And it's just like, these, this mm-hmm. stuff is amazing. We need, so to good. Make you, we need to make you famous. So this is the first step in making her famous. Um, uh, she did all the illustrations for the guide and we kind of just tossed it together in about three weeks. Um, and there's so many more things that we want to say and so many more things that we want to do with this, but this is just sort of phase one. And, you know, there's no secrets at Bub and Grandma's. If anybody wants to know how to make any of our products, we'll tell you. It's just, you know, I don't think anyone's I mean, dumb enough to start a business like we did. No, I <laughs> mean, <making> this stuff. <laughs> you know, if anyone's uh, thumbed through the, the Tartine bread yeah. book, mm-hmm. you go like, well, they're not keeping any secrets. And in fact, they're... Mm-hmm outright telling you how hard a bakery business is. So if you want to be, uh, if you want to, if you want to take a swing at it, by all means, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the first two years of, of like living on the edge of death. Uh, and, uh, (laughs) you know, see, see if you get through it. (laughs) So I want to end on a really great, uh, celebratory note. Um, and that is you, uh, being included in food and wines, top 100 bakeries in America. Um, which, you know, was announced during during this time as many awards are being announced right now, GQ's list, James mm-hmm. Beard Awards, and it is sort of nice to see people being celebrated for work they've done during this time. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to be included and did it mean anything extra to be recognized during during the pandemic? Um, sure. Any good news is welcome during the last two months. <laughs> I'll take anything we can get that's positive. Um but yeah, I mean, it feels good. I, I generally don't care about awards or um, think things like that, press accolades, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because there's it's systematic, like it's systematized, like the, it's it's there's a whole PR machine and who knows who and all of that stuff. Which I, I thought coming from ten years in advertising into the food world that there was some kind of like purity awaiting my arrival, but it's the same shit everywhere. Um, and you know, this is, this is different than that. No one contacted us. I didn't know this was happening. It's, it's really cool just to sort of objectively, as far as I can tell, be included in something like this, especially as a wholesaler, we don't even have a store, which is so insane to me, um, that anyone would know who we are without actually, we we don't physically interact with anybody except at the Hollywood farmer's market. And we haven't been there for two months. Um, but right. It, it's incredible. I, I, I'm totally, this, the, the whole last five years has just been incredible. I can't believe that this is a business as big as it is that we employ almost 50 people that we're going to, we're going to open a, a, a sandwich shop. That's like five times the size of what I imagined when I first started baking bread. Um, you know, it, it's, it's miraculous. Um, and I'm so thankful to everybody that's touched this place and, and powered us along and invested their time. And, um, you know, uh, I, I can't wait to give back to them even more than we already have to 
to try and thank them for their for their efforts because it's it's this is not my bakery these are not my this is not my bread this is not my place this is the people who work here every day's place and they deserve all of the accolades that are possible for how hard it is to do this job waking up at one in the morning and you know you finish your work day when most people are heading in it's it's a very surreal way to live and some people love it and we're lucky enough to have a bunch of them here and it it's it's it makes me feel incredible Amazing. Well, Andy, thank you so much for taking so much time to chat with us. If people want to follow along and uh, try to roll the dice and tempt fate <laughs> with the mystery bags, where can they go to follow along? Uh, the best place to see what's going on with us is is on Instagram, which is uh, Bub and Grandma's Bread. Uh, as much as I sort of despise <laughs> Instagram, I still have to use it, and I try my best to make everything we do there interesting. Um, we're doing cocoa bags or uh, mystery bags with cocos on um, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Tuesdays we're selling direct at Proof, and Saturdays we're selling direct at Bell's Bagels. Amazing. Well, we have another song from the archives and a live performance here on Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's, but since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or a small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers, no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com slash go slash snacky. All right. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. This is Jeet, and I am here with a good friend of mine and singer-songwriter, Greg Telfeon. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on the the show, and uh, uh, I can't complain. This is uh, it's it's trying times for most of the world. Um, working from home and and just uh, being creative and you know finding ways to be more productive. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. You want to like let's uh, let's give everybody like a little introduction. Why don't you let everybody know who you are and what you do? <clears throat> sure. Uh, Again, name's Greg Telfeon. I am um, the uh, I'm a drummer um, for a band called Red Hymns and a band called Prolia, and I'm a singer songwriter, um, playing in the scene. If there was a scene, right, right. Because like with the whole COVID situation, have you found any kind of difference in the attitude of people? Like as far as like, because we can't go out anymore. There's no scene happening. Like, have you have you felt any difference? Yeah, man, I find, I mean, I don't think there's really a middle. It's like, you know, either you're ultra conservative or you're going to push yourself like beyond your limits to, 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 to be able to connect with people or like keep your band in check and mentally, um, get them and, you know, try to inspire them to, to take new avenues of, of, of playing, meaning, um, you know, everything being virtual, Mm-hmm. kind of tri- you know migrate over to the platforms that are available to us for us to get more done but i'm finding it a lot of resistance in that where for me to be able to push myself is one thing but for me to hold somebody else's hand is another um when those those guys are totally capable of doing it it's just a matter of them actually doing it yeah what's that like like what's it what's it been like to not jam with these guys who you've been jamming with for so long it's uh it sucks, dude. You know, it does. I, I really love jamming um, together. Uh, it's it, there's, you know, it's it's part. That's the uh, that's the, see that's the thing. That's really the only thing that's different about my life right now for me is, mm. you know, three times, four times a week I'd be jamming with with my guys, and uh, now I'm not. You know, that is that's the big difference. Otherwise, being at home, being with my dogs and my girlfriend, it's been great. It really has. Um. But, you know, I used to look forward to going to practice every week and, um, you know, every other day. Um, so now I'm taking the initiative on my own to be creative, um, yep. come up with, you know, figure out how I can record 
and perform on on uh, a live on the internet now. I've had this set up. I finally got it down. So it's like just pushing myself to to be able to adapt to what's going on. You started as a you're primarily a drummer. So what like what was the motivation to pick up a guitar and like just start singing and writing music on your own? Um, I it, it, you know what it is, man. Um, and I'm not trying to sound like all like uh, philosophical and shit. We're born with gifts, right? Like you're a singer songwriter. You play multiple instruments as well. So if you have an idea, right, and you want to, you have a full thought where you have the guitar idea, you have the vocal idea, you have a rhythm idea. You want to get that full thought across. I've always been an initiator, and I've always, you know, since I was in tenth grade, I've, I've picked up the guitar, and I've, I write for my bands. Like it's just part of who I am. So I, if I have an idea, I need to get it out. And if, if if I can just show you instead of explaining to you verbally, yeah, you know, that's going to be way faster. And what does that take? Do you? Go ahead. Yeah. Do Do you remember like? It sounds like um, you've been writing and like had compositional ideas in your head for a long time and you would apply or you would like try to implement that in the bands that you were playing drums for. But do you was there like a pivotal point where like you were like, you know what, I've been doing this for the bands that I'm drumming in for so long. Like I can just do this for me. Good question. And I'll, you'll, you'll be able to remember this. It's it's when we were when we started recording together on solo material because my well, uh, when my father passed away, it's been three years mm-hmm. now, going on three years, August. Um, and uh, I just remember him saying to me, and this is something that it wasn't because he was just my dad saying it. I, I He, he uh, really liked my music, like the songs I'd write. And I'd show him. And I'd be like, Dad, what do you think? FaceTime him. And, I, you know, that was it. When he passed away, it was like, you know what? I need to do this. What's, uh, what's the first song you're going to play for us? Uh, in being. Nice. Nice. All right, here we are on Snacky Tunes.
Since you started uh, being a solo performer, uh, you've done a few performances over the years, right? I actually did one performance, and um, it was an experience, that's for sure. Oh, yeah? How so? Um, in the fact that uh, I've never done it before. So um, I had a friend reach out to me with a business, and he's like, hey, man, you want to come down and do uh, some songs? So I literally did like an hour and a half of, of, of some covers and my originals, and just to put myself out there man just just to not not even like hey look at me it's like hey i could do this you know you got to push yourself and like do things that you're uncomfortable doing and it was a bar setting it wasn't like there was a stage but what was that uh what, was, what were the feelings going on in in your head like you know versus being a drummer for the band where you're kind of like setting the foundation now it's you right up front it's a good question um I was kind of nervous. Um, I mean, a lot of people were there. Uh, and then not only that, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to warm up, like, right, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, go, get hoarse. Because, again, listen, I'm not, like, a singer. Like, I was in mm-hmm. chorus my whole life, and I, I knew I knew how to do warm-ups and stuff. You taught me stuff. Um, but, yeah, the feeling, I guess, was just, like, don't fuck up. And if you do, like, whatever, and have fun. Um and yeah and just 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 enjoy the experience because uh you know i feel the most com- where i feel the most comfortable is is when i'm performing it's like it's like it's weird it's like people get nervous when they go in front of people like that's when i feel like i'm uh, I'm, I'm where i'm supposed to be have you have you considered doing any virtual performances absolutely i mean as we talk right now you know before this you know uh this thing you know it was it was planning out um you know a way to be able to connect with um with with uh, my demographic and um and that's going to be through um vlogging and podcasting and performing online so uh this again you know is is a, a, a traumatic amount of events that are going on right now in, in the world but you know my world before all this i was I, that's something that I, I i know i have to do i have to, you know this is something that is important to me what do you think the music industry is going to look like after COVID then? Well, I think there'll be a a surge in online um, and virtual um, performances like that, like you're saying now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to take, it's going to be like, you know, musicians like me and you, like having to, to come up with strategies that are, that are out of, outside of the norm. But again, think about this. This is mm-hmm. the, the weird part. If we can't rise above that, I mean, it, it is going to get back to where we can get together for practice again. But there is a new normal now. And that new normal is really, especially for me, man, like it's take it's really doing things on my own and, and taking an initiative um, of, of keeping the creativity going. So uh, what's, uh, what's the next song you're going to play for us? Probably do your thoughts. And it sucks, man. I want to do it with you on piano, too. We'll 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 do it someday. We'll do a little we'll do a little collab.
something I've always wanted to ask you is, um, you know, again, you said you were primarily a drummer, but now you're doing a lot of singer songwriter guitar stuff. Have you found that your drumming um, feeds into your songwriting and vice versa? Absolutely, it always has. So drumming has drumming has allowed me to be <clears throat> um, a better songwriter in the in the sense of composition right so it's like i think you know when it comes to music you can have three chords and you could play those three chords the whole entire song right the, some of the mm -hmm. best songs are just three chords and mm -hmm. the drums are all evolving you know the drums stay pretty pretty consistent but they evolve like you know there's variations uh, and, and 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 i think vocals are the same in the fact that with production it's uh it's one of those things where you can you, you can get a good understanding of I play to the guitar, I play to the bass guitar, so the bass drum's hitting with the bass, right, usually matching on the root notes, and then you have mm -hmm. the guitar, which is playing a foundation, but it's also kind of an extension of that bass with a little more melody on there, and then and then it's, it's the vocals, um, you know, what melody I'm coming up with, and then it, it, when the drums evolve, the vocals start evolving, and then then the music I add, you know, after recording a first track or the foundation, you could start adding leads and then building that pr production of that song. But it really always started out with the foundation of rhythm, and then, mm. and that, and then, and then at the same time, when I started writing on the acoustic, like I'll, I'll have these ideas on acoustic that have nothing to do with drums at all, but it's the melody that's coming in, and then. I can reverse engineer it right back to the drums and right away I know exactly what to do. So it's like on the other spectrum of it, it's like getting off and watch, getting off from uh, the drum kit and getting on the guitar and, and hashing out my ideas. When I get on the drum set, there's a, a really good idea of where that's, I know where that song is and like it all just comes together so much easier as opposed to you not being a drummer and you're jamming as a guitar player with your ideas and, and really not knowing how to hash out your drum parts, which which literally help write music, right? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think on both sides, it's like an experience. And you just came out with uh, an EP, you said, with your band Red Hymns, right? Correct, volume four. Yep. So you just came out with that. So what's next for uh, Greg Telfayan? Well, uh, I mean, Red Hymns had a huge year lined up for playing out live and really good shows, which we have not been able to do, obviously. Figuring out what we're going to do on that front as a band, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then just, I'm going to keep recording. Um, you know, I only recorded two songs and released them, I mean, but I have a bunch more and I'm sure you'll be hearing them from me. Um, really coming out with some really, really good content and... and a strategy and like a, a podcast, a vlog, blog that's gonna enca encapsulate all these things that we're discussing right now, um, nice. and, and then just make it really, really creative uh, in the fact of like unique towards what I, what I'm interested in. You know, probably see a lot more of that from me in the coming months. And I, I'm into I'm into personal development, so I'll be, you know, there's a huge personal development angle to what we do, and. Um, it's having the right mindset to be able to do it in the first place, and 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 a lot of people just they they're just they don't take initiative, and it's like okay, why aren't you doing that? Like, why, well, ask yourself, why aren't you doing what you want to do? And it's it's because you're getting in your own way, and your mind will help you, it won't help you one bit do what you actually want to do. You actually have to be like, you have to be above that thought and say, okay, 
my mind isn't going to help me, but my heart is in the right place. So I just need to take that initiative and just push myself. So you're going to see me coming out with things in them, you know, that I've never had before, um, and trying different, different things with different artists and collaboration. Um, and then hopefully, you know, in the 2021, you know, there'll probably be a big burst of touring again and back to that. So I want to set up all this virtual stuff and being able to do this and mm. then parlay it into being able to do it live um, as well. So where um, where's the best place people can find you if they want to, you know, kind of see sure. you come out with these new things? Um, you're going to see it on my YouTube channel. Um, you can find me on Spotify and all the major, major platforms. Um, but whatever I do comes out on my site. So you can go to gregtalfayon.com. And that's nice. for everything I do. It, you know, it basically takes my social media and pumps it through there, so you can see everything I'm doing for every every project that I'm working on. Perfect. And what's uh what's the last song, dude? Figure out. Figure out. Love it. Uh, this is uh, figure out with Greg Telfayan on Snacky Tunes. Thanks for being on, buddy. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah.
is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.